0: Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, Titus, Conduct Toward Those Outside the Church, Part 1. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. I have a quick announcement. This week we have been very busy with stuff fixing our broken snow thrower among the many things requiring our attention. The warm weather has enabled us to do things we have not been able to do because of extreme cold weather. The polar vortex dipped over most of the United States, putting us on a path to get every storm as snow. Most more trivial, but we did get one storm with twenty two inches of snow. Then we got storm after storm with two or more inches of snow until the recent rain in the last storm. Other repairs we could not do because of the cold and storm cycle we were in have needed our attention because the Boston area can dip back into a wintry pattern of weather with you guessed it. More snow. We can get snow as late as the first calendar week in April. I am now hoping to get back to a regular schedule next week. Last week, February 21st, was our previous study in our long term Easter series. It was our examination of the topic titled Titus Conduct Consistent with Sound Teaching, Part 2. We learned about our own realms in which we live. In my realm, I meet highly intelligent people like myself. This is my group to whom I am responsible to God to witness based on Scripture. It is not for me to move outside that group because my witness will fall flat more often than it will find meaning in an unsaved heart. Frequently, they do not become saved in Christ. This is how we perceive losing the battle we are called to engage in by winning souls to Christ. This is our reasoning for pulling back our witness given we fail more frequently than we succeed. While there is more than one reason for this failure, the number one reason is the fact we are witnessing to others outside our station in life. we continue our look at the book of Titus. Who knew there was any scripture that relates to conduct toward others who are unsaved? Generally, in America, these are those, as in our title here, who are outside the church. However, today, it is important to note that even solid Christian brothers and sisters are now also outside the church. Hence, this podcast for the unchurched, save or not. In Scripture we read, Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work. They must not slander anyone, but be peaceable, gentle, showing complete courtesy to all people. For we too were once foolish, disobedient, misled, enslaved to various passions and desires, spending our lives in evil and envy, hating and hating one another. But when the kindness of Christ, God our Savior, and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us not by works of righteousness that we have done, but on the basis of His mercy, through the washing of the new birth and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us in full measure through Jesus Christ our Savior. And so, since we have been justified by his grace, we become heirs with the confident expectation of eternal life. From Titus chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. This week, we want to look at the first three verses as this chapter opens strong. Commentary on verse 1 reads, Put them in mind, as they are in danger of forgetting their duty, though knowing it. The opposition of Christianity to heathenism and the natural disposition to rebellion of the Jews under the Roman Empire, of whom many lived in Crete, might lead many to forget practically what was a recognized Christian principle in theory, submission to the powers that be. Diodorus Siculus mentions the tendency of the Cretans to riotous insubordination. Commentary also notes the following. To be subject, willingly, principalities, powers, from the Greek, magistracies, authorities, to obey the commands of magistrates, not necessarily implying spontaneous obedience. Willing obedience is implied in ready-to-every-good-work. From Robert Jamieson, A.R. Fawcett, and David Brown Commentary, Critical and Explanatory on the Whole Bible, 1871. Are you ready and willing to at least attempt doing every good work? Are you willing to follow requests from your pastor, teachers, or other leaders to serve in a good work? Do you possess the willing obedience necessary to hear the need for a good work from a leader and do it as requested? Do you forget things, even though you know them well? thus not losing possession of them in your mind while being non-compliant in them because of forgetfulness. Spiritual privileges do not make void or weaken, but confirm civil duties. Mere good words and good meanings are not enough without good works. They were not to be quarrelsome, but to show meekness on all occasions, not toward friends only, but to all men, though with wisdom. And let this text teach us how wrong it is for a Christian to be churlish to the worst, weakest, and most abject. The servants of sin have many masters. Their lusts hurry them different ways. Pride commands one thing, covetousness another. Thus, they are hateful, deserving to be hated. It is the misery of sinners that they hate one another, and it is the duty and happiness of saints to love one another. From Matthew Henry's Concise Commentary on the Whole Bible, Public Domain Churlish is a word you may not be familiar with. It means, in this case, difficult to work with, intractable. The sentence in commentary thus reads and let this text teach us how wrong it is for a Christian to be difficult to work with, intractable to the worst, weakest, and most abject. Far too many times in American churches, this is a very appropriate definition of the actions of Christians towards others whether they are saved or not. It bodes very badly in the minds of the unsaved when Christians act this way toward others. Furthermore, does that Matthew-Henry commentary passage provide answers to the previous four questions? It really does with some explanation as well. Notice the strong first sentence. Spiritual privileges do not make void or weaken, but confirm civil duties. Now, notice the sentence in this commentary passage we also read. Mere good words and good meanings are not enough without good works. Mere good words that are really empty, void of substance and duty, as well as good meaning or good intent, are truly empty without the support they have when coupled with actual good works. A simple example is saying we will pray for somebody while we are in their presence and not doing it later as we said we would. If we were really intent on doing such a good work, why not do it now, instead of later, if at all? Then commentary told us this. They were not to be quarrelsome, but to show meekness on all occasions, not toward friends only, but to all men, though with wisdom. Notice, we are instructed to not be quarrelsome, and to show meekness on all occasions, not just to friends, but to all men. Then, this cavite following a comma, though, with, wisdom. What sounded quite definite is now made conditional by the comma and then the comment, though, With wisdom. To get a better understanding of what commentary is speaking of, let us look at a companion verse in James chapter 3, verse 13. It reads Who is wise and knowing among you? Let him show his works by his good behavior in meekness of wisdom. What can this possibly mean? Commentary gives us some help in this regard. It reads These verses show the difference between men's pretending to be wise and their being really so. He who thinks well or he who talks well is not wise in the sense of the Scripture if he does not live and act well. True wisdom may be known by the meekness of the Spirit and temper. Those who live in malice, envy, and contention live in confusion and are liable to be provoked and hurried to any evil work. Such wisdom comes not down from above, but springs up from earthly principles, acts on earthly motives, and is intent on serving earthly purposes. Those who are lifted up with such wisdom, described by the Apostle James, is near to the Christian love, described by Apostle Paul. And both are so described that every man may fully prove the reality of his attainments in them. It has no disguise or deceit. It cannot fall in with those managements, The world counts wise, which are crafty and guileful, but it is sincere and open and steady and uniform and consistent with itself. May the purity, peace, gentleness, teachableness, and mercy shown in all our actions and the fruits of righteousness abounding in our lives prove that God has bestowed upon us this excellent gift from Matthew Henry's concise commentary on the whole Bible public domain. While relevant to our study here, Matthew Henry comments on all the ending verses here in James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Notice the two sentences that open this commentary passage. These verses show the difference between men's pretending to be wise and their being really so. He who thinks well or he who talks well is not wise in the sense of the scripture if he does not live and act well. With respect to those two commentary sentences, where are you? Are you pretending to be wise or are you really wise? Are you seemingly really wise by doing just enough good works that you can point to as proof you are what you say? That is not good either. I have heard many people over my life, mostly in the workplace and in church, present wise-sounding statements but refuse anyone who questions those statements to gain further understanding. Suddenly they become closed to any questioning. If reasonably kind, they tell you to go look it up yourself. Keep in mind also, they will not tell you where or how, only to simply look it up yourself. Have you ever met someone like that in your life? Sad for me to say, in both the workplace and in church, I have met far too many of these people. Yes, they sound wise, yet they are not. Commentary told us this when it said, He who thinks well, or he who talks well, is not wise in the sense of the Scripture. There is a comma, and then it reads, If he does not live and act well. However, today, Such people have learned how to put all the full act by sounding knowledgeable in the scripture while also living and acting well. Many of these people in America are high in work rank and make much money, thereby bearing the full appearance of being really wise when they are not. Falsehood today is elevated to a whole new level. Maybe not where you live, but certainly in many of the American workplaces and many churches I have been a part of. To be clear, not all workplaces and churches are this way, but many, in both settings, are. I think the remainder of James chapter 3 is worthy of reading as it fits right in with our study thus far. It reads, But if you have bitter jealousy and contention in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. This is not the wisdom coming down from above, but is earthly, beastly, devilish. For where jealousy and contention are, there is confusion and every foul deed. But the wisdom from above is firstly truly pure then peaceable, forbearing, yielding, full of mercy and of good fruits, not partial and not pretended, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace for the ones making peace. I think this sums up this portion of our study thus far. Let us also look at an unrelated scripture passage that also seems to fit well. It reads, For the flesh has desires that are opposed to the spirit, and the spirit has desires that are opposed to the flesh, for these are in opposition to each other, so that you cannot do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality, impurity, depravity, idolatry, sorcery, hostilities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish rivalries, dissensions, factions, envying, murder, drunkenness, carousing, and similar things. I am warning you, as I had warned you before, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, Let us also behave in accordance with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, being jealous of one another. From Galatians chapter 5, verses 17 through 26. Commentary on verse 17, I think, says it all. It reads simply, The Holy Spirit and all that is right in Christians oppose the indulgence of sinful desires. Hence, a warfare in the soul, and thus they do not the good they otherwise would and wish they desire to do. Commentary on verse 18 also reads, Not under the law as a covenant of works, but are delivered from this condemning power. No one is delivered from the condemning power of the law or overcomes the corruptions of his heart except under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Both these commentary passages are from Family Bible Notes from the Nazarene Users Group. Did you notice how this works? commentary said, for clarity, no one is delivered from the condemning power of the law or overcomes the corruptions of his heart except under the influence of the Holy Spirit. How do we obtain the influence of the Holy Spirit? Quote we need to be saved in Jesus Christ. It may seem overly simplistic. It seems that it cannot be that simple given what we get out of this being saved by Jesus. Yet, it really is that simple and easy. If you want to learn more, simply click the link associated with the title, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of our show notes on any site we are found on. Next week, we will look at part two of this examination of Titus chapter three. Remember, this year we are doing a more in-depth Easter study to promote spiritual growth. Titus, we believe, gives us what is a good study for this purpose in this leading time to Easter. Lay or download next week's episode, Titus, Conduct Toward Those Outside the Church, Part two. From one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. This study podcast is a wholly self funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched. Currently, an all-electronic, Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome, and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, "Introduction." about us, who we are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. If you would rather search for us, please use the search phrase Church of the Un, insert dash symbol, Church, to find us on a podcast platform like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon, TuneIn, or Spotify, to name a few. Note, please use the dash symbol and not the word dash when you search for us. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ, Himself and God our Father, who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week. This is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.